Welcome to Yoga Chit Chat. I'm Phoebe Schiff, yoga teacher, Sagittarius Moon, and student of manifestation. And I'm Karak Morinaga, Anasara yoga teacher, runner, and part-time gym rat. Every week we meet virtually for an informal discussion on a common yoga principle, philosophy, teaching, or theme. Today's topic is mantra. I chose this topic because I knew it was very close to you, Phoebe. I know you use mantras in your daily life and in your meditations and things. It's something that I played with a little bit, and I definitely have one or two mantras that come to mind. Even as we were preparing for this podcast, I really discovered that mantra has been something that's been a part of me since I was very young. And I'll talk about that in a little bit. First, let's uh, define mantra. I'm reading straight out of The Splendor of Recognition, which is a text that I really enjoy and study. It is a text on the Pratapinyar Hadayam, which is a collection of sutras. It's just 20 aphorisms that lay out the structure and philosophy of Tantra, which is the philosophy that I study. This is straight out of the book. The term mantra, loosely defined, means a sacred word or formula that is repeated either aloud or silently as an incantation. The definitions that I got for mantra that really stuck with me were the ones that defined it as a tool or instrument or vehicle, which I thought was a really cool idea because the way that I integrated it was mantra as a vehicle to get somewhere. The destination being higher consciousness, elevated awareness. And so it's not necessarily, the, the mantra isn't so much an end as it is a means of, of reaching deeper inward. Mantra is a tool. It's a practice. So what we're, going to be talking about today is just ways to use mantra as a tool or as a practice to study ourselves, to help ourselves, to make life better, to elevate our consciousness, and hopefully find more joy in life, which is what we do, which is what yoga is. And we're just using this specific practice called mantra. Now, mantra is a term that is ubiquitous in our culture. I don't think this is the first time that listeners are hearing this term. Some of the other terms like swadaya, for example, self-study, which we did previously, you maybe haven't heard that word if you're outside of yoga circles. However, almost everyone has heard the term mantra and maybe has different ideas about what it means. I'm going to go back to the book one more time just for a little bit of a breakdown of the word mantra. And this is just one way of interpreting the word mantra. Popular etymology connects the syllable man to manas or mind, and also manana to reflect or to contemplate. Tra is seen as a reference to triate, which means to protect or to save. Mantra, then, we can interpret as a protection of thought or a protection of the mind or protection of reflections and contemplation. 
it's interesting because going back to the things I was reading about mantra as a vehicle, as you're saying that, and and you're mentioning these things about saving, it's it's kind of like a getaway vehicle for a um, for a busy mind. It's a way of getting all of your scattered thoughts into one place and getting to a destination. Does that land with you? Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. I, I like that you keep using the term vehicle to describe it because that is actually my first memory of it. When I think about mantra, one of the first things that comes to mind is the little engine that could. And I remember the book as a kid, for sure, because like many little kids, I like trains. And the little engine that could was very specifically this blue engine that was on a trip that was very challenging and had to climb up the hill. And climbing up the hill is a metaphor for carrying our own load or burdens and being very overwhelmed by the obstacle ahead of us, the hill. And the mantra is, I think I can, I think I can. And then that started to remind me that my favorite ride at Disneyland at, when I was very young was, I think it's called the Casey Jr. train ride. At one point in this little ride, the train has to go up a hill and you hear the engine say, I think I can, I think I can. And then the engine gets to the top and as the engine's going down and it's sort of like a mini roller coaster for kids, then it shifts to, I thought I could, I thought I could, I thought I could. I can't tell you how often that comes up into my mind when I'm struggling with something. It mostly comes up with running. And today I identified myself as a runner. And I'm using that very loosely because I'm not very fast. And it's maybe not even running. It's probably like jogging. But when, when I'm struggling and I don't want to finish the run or I just want to stop and walk. I have to think in my head over and over. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. And it, it's such a silly thing, but it helps me to finish the run and motivates me and gets me through that experience. It focuses me. It galvanizes my effort and, and I can finish all because of that little engine that could story from when, you know, I was like five or something. And from riding Casey Jr. at Disneyland, which I think the ride is still there. I just love that we've brought in the little engine that could into yoga philosophy. I would have never thought of that connection. And you are so right. The, yeah, that, that is mantra. That, that is mantra. At the simplest level, that is mantra. It's It can be so powerful and that story as a kid was, I can't even remember how many times that I probably was read the story or how many times that I've been on the Casey Jr. ride at Disneyland. So the whole idea or the concept of mantra, and, and nobody ever called it that. Nobody ever said, hey, this is about mantra. But it's, it's ingrained in me. Wow. That makes me want to look through more children's stories to see what other mantras have been embedded in there, hopefully positive ones. You know, it, it's interesting as we're talking, I'm 
I'm thinking about another definition of mantra that I found, which is posture of the mind. And it makes me realize that mantras are essentially yoga poses for the mind. And in the same way that we talk about yoga not being about yoga poses, that the poses are really a channel for information to come through, mantras serve the same purpose. And mantras are a challenging yoga pose because in some ways, you know, getting into a physical yoga pose, not that it's always a cakewalk, but it's, it's, a, it's more tangible. Staying with a mantra in your mind, particularly when your mind is all over the place, is a very challenging yoga pose. And, and so it's, it's almost like a, a next level of practice and it is really challenging. And it's, it's also making me wonder about, you know, do you think that the little engine that could, do you think it maybe would have uh, expedited its growth by just saying, I can, I can, I can. Do you think that saying, I think slowed it down a little bit? <laughs> it's possible. I think that many of the best mantras are as simple as possible. And we can talk about some of our own. I, I think you're right. Also, just the think part, it puts in a little bit of doubt. I think I can versus I know I can or I can is different. Those three things are different. I think I can, I know I can, or I can. Which is the most powerful mantra would be the question, right? And I think you're right that it's possible that there could have been a more powerful mantra, but I was six, Phoebe. So I think <laughs> that was good enough. <laughs> hey, you were working with what you had. I mean, the little engine that could was, you know, it was probably, it probably picked it up from its parents. <laughs> As we do. <laughs> so what are some of your, besides... I think I can. What are some of the mantras that you use consistently? The mantra that I use the most often is simply aham. It means I am. And there's such a big implication for aham. I think that's why I like it. When I say I am, I'm referring to, I am everything. I am consciousness. I am the universe. I am more than my aches and pains, my troubles and doubts, my stress and fear. I am, I am bigger than all of that. I love the mantra because it's really easy to recite the mantra with the breath for me, it's ah uh, is on the inhale and ham is on the exhale. And just with each breath, whether I'm doing a yoga pose or I'm running or I'm working out or just driving in traffic or whatever, I can just inhale, ah, uh, exhale, ham. And my breath now becomes a mantra. And I'm just reminding myself that I am connected to everything around me. I am everything around me. I'm more than just one thing. I'm more than just one thought. I'm more than just one feeling. I think it's really interesting that in the English language, we say things like, I am hungry. 
I am sad, I am angry. And we identify ourselves as those emotions or as that state. And that's not true in every language. In some languages, when you translate the way people express something like hunger, they'll say something like, I have hunger. They don't say, I am hungry. Or they'll say, I have sadness instead of I am sad. When you start to say things like, I am sad, I am hungry, then you become those things. So, aham, I am, is a reminder that I'm not just my hunger. I'm not just my pain. I'm not just my sadness or depression. I am something more. The very visual example that I would give is from the matrix, of course. I'll talk it all about goes that. back to the matrix. Yes, it all goes back to the matrix. Uh, so in the matrix, the, the movie from 1999 with Keanu Reeves, there's a, a scene where Keanu realizes his full sort of superhero self. He connects with the universe and there's this moment where he just, he just takes a breath in and then he exhales and you see like the fabric of reality sort of warp around him as he connects to the universe. And to me, that is aham. He's, he doesn't say aham, but he's really, he takes a breath in and he, take, and he exhales. And then you see like this wave of energy come off of him as he connects to the entire matrix or the entire universe, which is amazing. The other way that the matrix connects to all of this is, and I'm not sure if this is intentional or not, to be honest. Mantra is very closely connected to something in yoga philosophy called matrika shakti. So matrika shakti is simply the power of words. In yoga, words are very powerful. Syllables, sound is very powerful. Sound is the genesis of the, the universe. Everything starts with sound. It's partly why we chant the OM sound at the beginning of many yoga classes. We're honoring the vibration and the sound of the universe. So there's a power in chanting OM together, connecting to that vibration, connecting to that sound. And then Matrika Shakti is the power of sound and words, and they have their own energy and vibration. And we all know how powerful words can be. Simply saying things like, I am happy or I am sad can change our mood. Words can start wars. Words can hurt people. Words can inspire people. So that to me is Matrika Shakti, the power of words. And I won't get too much into that, but I think that it's interesting that the matrix and Matrika I, they have to be related somehow, those, those two words. I'm not sure how intentional that was on the part of the filmmakers, but whenever I think of The Matrix, I always think of Matrika Shakti. What you said about when Keanu Reeves takes a breath in and as he breathes, breathes out, the reality moves with that resonates a lot with me and I've spoken before about how I have a pretty consistent kundalini kriya practice and the intention of kundalini 
for me at least is, is just that is to link my breath with my experience. And in some ways my, my Kriyas help me and I do them first thing in the morning, help me kind of get into the driver's seat of my experience. And when I'm very consistent with them, then I feel like I have that, that relationship with my day. So one of the Kriyas that I practice pretty consistently, the mantra is, is Hada. It's H-A-R and pronounced Hada. And it's, it's a prosperity Kriya and, and Hada can be defined a bunch of different ways. One of the ways is sort of creative infinity. And the way that I conceptualize it is that the mantra has the vibration of prosperity. And by me chanting it, it's, it's like I am tuning my body and my everything to the vibration of prosperity in the same way. I don't know a ton about tuning instruments, but I think it's kind of the same idea. You know, you hit, there's uh, music tuners. And when you're tuning like a guitar or piano, you play the sound of a note and then you tune the instrument until it matches the sound of the note. And so for me, the, the Hada helps me every day re- feel like I'm in the vibration of prosperity. And I've been doing pretty pretty consistently and lots of prosperity has shown up. So something's working. I also love the mantra Om Namah Shivaya, which translates into I open to something bigger than myself. And that's something I will use in really challenging poses and moments in life because it's just a reminder that I'm not alone in my struggle, that the process I'm going through is the oldest process and many people before me and many people after me will go through it. The intention is a little bit different than, than the Kundalini Kriya and it's something that I really like to come back to and it's, it's that reminder of I open to something bigger than myself. I open to something bigger than myself. And to go back to these definitions of mantra, these, these words, these mantras, these sounds are vehicles, are tools, are instruments that help us access someplace else. I love Om Namah Shivaya as a mantra as well. I'll use that mantra when I have more time or I'm slowing down a little bit more because it is a longer mantra. Um, I like because it's so short, kind of like your Hada mantra. It's very short and you can repeat it very quickly over and over again. Om Namah Shivaya. Om is like the Om sound that we chant at the beginning of many classes. Again, it represents that vibration or sound of the universe. Nama is I bow. How did you translate it, Phoebe? I open to something bigger than myself. Open. Yeah. So I bow to, and to me, bowing is opening to something bigger. We're, we're recognizing and honoring something bigger than ourselves when we bow. To me, it's a very humbling word. Namas is when you acknowledge that there's something bigger, you have to be a little humble. And then Shivaya, 
Shivaya is the same word as Shiva. And then the way that I interpret it similar to you, it's just not that I'm bowing to Shiva, but that I'm, I'm bowing or honoring that there's a, a bigger universe. There's a bigger energy. There's a bigger spirit or consciousness than me. And so I love that one too. I'll use Om Namah Shivaya uh, in my meditation practice. I'll have my mala beads, which is many of you have seen. It's like a string of 108 beads. And for each bead that passes through my fingers, I'll say Om Om Namah Shivaya one time. So by the time I get through my whole strand of beads, I've said Om Namah Shivaya 108 times. And it usually takes me about 10 minutes to get around the ring of beads. So I use that as a timer too. And I, I know that's 10 minutes. So if I want to meditate for 10 minutes, it's one time around the strand. If I want to meditate for 20 minutes, it's two times around the strand. And I'm just reinforcing in my mind and in really in my being that I open to something bigger that I bow to the consciousness of, of the universe. So I like that one as well. The mantras that we, that we both use, I think it's very interesting that we have not made up our own. We're using Om Namah Shivaya, we're using Aham and Hada because these words, these mantras have very clear intentions. They were constructed and passed down through the yoga philosophy. We talked about the intentions, like what the meaning is behind each of those words, each of those mantras. So there's an intention behind a mantra. Also, there's there's the power of those words as they were constructed or conceived or even maybe even given to a spiritual master, someone who has had been studying yoga philosophy for a very long time, probably meditated for a very long time. And then they discovered these mantras and then they've been handed down to students from student to teacher and from teacher to student. And there's a power in that lineage of the mantras. And I also think that not only is there power from the handing down of the mantra from a master to a student. But I think there's also a power that is generated from other people using that same mantra. So when you and I say, I think it's great that we both landed on Om Namah Shivaya as one of our mantras. That's not a coincidence, by the way. It's not even remotely a coincidence. There are millions of people in the world who use Om Namah Shivaya as a mantra because it's been handed down from so many spiritual teachers and because we all use the same mantra i think that there's really a power in that so every time you recite that mantra the mantra gains power because it's reinforced in the world in the universe and then i say it and i reinforce the power and it's just this reciprocal building of of strength and so the power of the mantra comes from this shared use of the mantras as well and then the last sort of power i think that mantra has is our personal understanding so we both gave sort of how we interpret and 
conceive of the mantra. And I think that there's a power in, in making it personal as well. It doesn't work if we just randomly say some mantra that someone told us to say, it has to have some meaning for us too. And so I think that those are kind of the three levels of power of this amazing tool that we have at our disposal. That's a really cool idea that I've never thought of the collective power behind mantras that have existed for many generations. I never thought of it that way. And I guess the the question that's coming to mind, which doesn't have an answer is do these mantras have power because of the repetition of them or do these sounds innately contain, you know, does Hada correspond with prosperity for a particular reason or did someone decide it? Do the syllables Om Navah Shivaya have this connection? And it's just an interesting idea. Or is it simply that they've been repeated so many times that they now have this vibrational power to them that's then reinforced? I think both is my understanding. Actually, I'm going to go back to when I say spiritual master, I know that maybe has certain connotations to it. I think of it like when I say master, I mean like someone who's mastered the arts of philosophy or mastered the art of mantra. It's kind of like Yoda is the Jedi master and he has Padawan students. That's all I mean by that. I think that the power of mantra is partially that the the mantra was chosen by a spiritual master. So someone who had studied and had worked with maybe the sounds and the syllables and, and many years of practice came up with the the mantra that's going to represent prosperity or represent connection with the universe. I think it starts there. And then, then I think that there's a power in the the handing down of the mantra and there's a, a power that's reinforced as we all chant it. So I think I would say both. Yeah. Right. So there's that. And then I do think that we also have the capacity to create our own mantras. Something that I've been using that someone offered me once was just the word contrast. And she said, chant the word contrast to yourself when you're in a moment of challenge or darkness to remember that you will appreciate the opposite of the situation. And that, you know, we often talk about the the hide-and-seek nature of this reality. We can't appreciate the light without the dark. And contrast has become a mantra for me when I'm in moments of like, wow, this really isn't where I want to be. And I know that by remaining present in it, then the opposite is available. And so even though contrast isn't necessarily a mantra that's been passed down Over many generations, it's something that now has this new vibrational resonance for me. 
and it's really helpful. Sure. I think that a mantra does not have to be Sanskrit or derived from Sanskrit. I'm going to go back to the little engine that could mantra. I mean, that's, it worked for me and it's very powerful. So it has nothing to do with tantric philosophy or yoga philosophy. I think a mantra could be uh, a prayer from really any religion. And if that prayer gives someone comfort, helps them to focus, then that can be very powerful. And I really think to me, that's really the main purpose of the mantra is to the power of the mantra is to reshape our thinking. And we all, I think, on some level understand and realize that thoughts are so powerful. Thoughts have the ability to change our lives for the better, for better or for worse. If we start to think a lot of negative thoughts, which most of us do, we start to frame our existence in terms of like, what do I need to fix today? What's going wrong? We think the same things over and over. We think about the same things that we don't like in our lives, the things that we want to fix. And those thoughts, if we let them get away from us and that's all we're thinking, they can really pull us in a a certain direction, into a dark place, into a low place, into a sad place. Mantra is an opportunity to shift our thoughts away from from that from one direction and take things into another direction, hopefully a more positive one. So for me, it's really about focus. It's shifting my focus away from the repetition of the, the negative thoughts I have in my head and then just going somewhere that's more powerful and more positive that's going to help me get through, whether it's something as simple as finishing my run or getting through being in warrior one for too long, or, you know, getting through uh, the most difficult of life's challenges. Right. So coming back to this idea of mantra as a vehicle, it's, it's a vehicle, an Uber or Lyft of the mind, if you will, it's always available to you. It can show up immediately And it can take you from a negative thought pattern to a new thought. So may we, may we remember that this ride sharing service is is always, is always within. So we encourage all of you to find a mantra and try it out this week when you're stuck in traffic and there's nothing to do anyway. Um, but listen to your breath, turn the radio down for a second and recite uh, a mantra, something that's going to expand your consciousness and take you to uh, another place. Or maybe just recite the mantra um, in the morning be- while you're getting ready to go to work or while you're working out. And if you already have a mantra or two um, that's something different from what Phoebe and I uh, talked about, we'd love to hear it. Um, let us know what mantras work for you. We'd, we'd love to know. 
yeah, send us a message or leave us a comment on our Instagram. Our handle is at yoga.shit.chat. Our website is www.yogachitchat.com. We are always open to receive your reviews and feedback on iTunes. It will help us share this message about mantras with others. And yeah, come up with your own mantras and and let us know how they work for you. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time. See you next time.